you're looking for one of the most beautiful and playable custom acoustics on the planet, look no further than Ed Rice at Toeir Guitars. Ed is a true artist, transforming exotic woods into magnificent, sweet-sounding instruments. Go to toeirguitars.us, that's T-O-I-R-G-U-I-T-A-R-S.us, and contact Ed today. Hey everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Recording, hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Recording podcast episode 109. What's up, Neil? What's up, man? Oh, man, another Monday, another great guest we have here. We have the Hoodell Hollers, and uh, got an interesting story here how how we came to be here in this podcast room. We'll talk about a little bit too because uh, there's a unique, uh, unique interest, maybe not unique, but a little deeper with them. We'll talk about all right. Well, welcome, well, you guys. Got me interested now, man. Yeah, glad to be <laughs> and, uh, here. Yeah, and what'd you guys bring us? Uh, we brought you some David Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, oh, some yeah. Wild Turkey. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 two bottles, man. Man. That's a first. We're going to have to be careful. Is that really a first? <laughs> the first <laughs> that we've had two. We're, we're up in the ante. No kidding. Everybody right. that follows Future this, guests. <laughs> yeah. You're on, you're on uh, notice. To beat the Hoodell Hollers, you have to bring three. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll keep whatever you don't know. <laughs> cheers, fellas. Yeah, cheers. 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 Oh, yeah. That's a lot of clinks. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, you remember that David Nicholson? I remember that was that was a surprise find to us way back. You remember? Smooth. Yeah. Yeah. I really like it. That's good. Yeah, it's good. <sighs> well, why don't you guys? I'm gonna let you guys introduce yourself to our listeners. Alrighty then. Well, I guess I'll start it off since I'm sitting here. You're staring at me. <laughs> My name's Adam. Adam Meiser. Very German last name. I'm the drummer for the Hoodell Hollers. I have been drumming as of this late point in this evening for two years now and i've loved every minute of it two years two years, two years now what yes. uh it was an <laughs> as needed sort of thing we can get into it yeah. more later we'll definitely thankfully, hear more dude, about thankfully, yeah. thankfully you got rhythm <laughs> loving, loving what i'm doing glad that i'm here that's with awesome here yeah awesome two years well i'm john uh i'm the bass player the bass players always have deep voices. My name's yeah. John. My name's John. I'm the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was born to this position. <laughs> Perfect. There's no getting out of it. Well, welcome, John. Well, wait. How long have you been playing the bass? Six um, months. <laughs> five years, I think. All right. Yeah, okay. David, we caught David mid-drink there. Yeah, I'm, I'm David. Uh, I uh, play guitar and sing and... Uh, yeah, I guess I've been playing my whole life. Right? Yeah. There you go. All right. Cool. David sent me an email. And I was like, uh, David Thierry. Did I say that right, David? Yep. Okay. So, you know, I always put it in, in Google and look at it. And I remember a video came up and I was watching him play live, I think, at Melwood Tavern. or it, Yeah, I think it was Melwood Tavern. And they had notes all on the bottom about how they did the recording. So, like, they were... Uh, Super, sounds like you guys are super into recording. And then you also said, you know, I, I really can't wait to talk to you about one mic recording. Yeah. So we, this is like a, a band that's like really, uh, really deep into recording. I just wanted to hear what was going on with that. Well, we, we've been just trying to record ourselves and um, I'm, I'm super into gear, like trying out different microphones, tube microphones. I've got a, I've got an old uh, Ampex tube preamp that I've been using. and. Uh, yeah, we're just experimenting and trying to do stuff on our own and like try to get a unique sound to our recordings. So are are you guys from Louisville originally? Yes, I am. Okay. From the general area. I'm not. You're not? Where are you from, Dave? I grew up in Chicago. Oh, okay. And then I lived in Colorado for 10 years and then I moved here about five years ago. Yeah. Okay, what in the world are you doing moving out of Colorado, man? Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's another something I found out. It, 
there's no doubt that in this room, David is by far the smartest dude. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that, man? That's an, come on. <laughs> I'll admit it right now. He's definitely smarter than I am. Yeah, like a, uh, the credentials. So when I was doing my Google search today, today, I came up with David Thierry, not the musician, the doctorate of, what was it, physics? Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you can do that, you can figure out the recording thing, man. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> so is that what took you to Colorado? Yep. School? Uh, school and uh, I'm a big rock climber. Okay. So killed two birds with one stone and yeah, studied man. physics out there and did a lot of rock climbing. Where did you go, Bolt? Uh, University of Colorado. Bolt. Okay. He, yeah. he would get along great with your nephew. Oh, yeah, my nephew lives out there right now. and, and um, He's a rock climber. And he's a genius, and just a, like you. Uh, yeah. He's a rock climber. He's doing some stuff. I think works for a... What do they call a contractor for NASA? I mean, he, I don't. That's what he used to do. He's like about. really a rocket scientist. I think he really is. Got but like yeah. a thirty-six on the ACT. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys. <laughs> so yeah, but he's a uh, same deal. I mean, he moved out there. I think as much for the climbing as he did for you know to go to UC or is it Colorado University or UC? Yeah, University of Colorado. Right, UC. Yeah. Did you Which, ever live in a van or anything out there? I haven't done that yet. <laughs> Still, <laughs> might do that someday. I don't know. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's yeah. in the works. Yeah, man, he's. I know Connor's got a van sitting in a driveway right now that he's used to live in. You know, his initial plan, I do believe, if I remember correctly, was he was moving up to uh, Boulder with no place to stay. Nothing. He was just going to live in a tent in the woods. That's <laughs> such a Connor move, man. <laughs> but, well, that's uh, why I asked about the van. He, he lived in a van for a long time, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think that was the thing. He's like, dude, you're, no, you can't live in a tent. Not a tent. <laughs> Not a tent. We can settle for a van. <laughs> maybe if I could Down get a... by the river. Maybe if I could get like a portable recording studio in a van, that'd be yeah. pretty cool. Ooh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Portable podcast studio in a van, dude. We could go to shows and just be like, all right. Oh, yeah. Hop in our creepy van. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> I heard. I heard of a guy that had a portable recording studio and have like traveled around and just recorded street musicians Aww. like this. Yeah. And, I bet that would be amazing. Yeah, There's so much talent. Yeah. But speaking of, you know, part of the cool part about Colorado and, and Denver and in Boulder is you walk, you walk down the mall in Boulder, you're liable to pass 15 people playing music. Yeah, there's and, a lot of people and, playing. And, oh, it's crazy. It's, it's really cool. Cool atmosphere. So you moved here. So you the moved, world. What brought you to Louisville? <laughs> Uh, my grandma lived here and um, got a cool job at U of L. And uh, there's actually a really good rock climbing here too in Red River Gorge. So. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So what are you doing at Louisville now? I work at U of L. I work in an immunology research group, and I do a lot of their computer data data stuff. Yeah, immunology. Mm -mm. What is that? Yeah. Uh, immune disorders. I don't uh, know, man. Like <laughs> the, the immune system and yeah. how how it He's, close enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to find out how to make us immune from COVID. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> so you moved to Louisville. Tell us about the uh, origins of the Hoodell Hollers. Uh, yeah, so I played music like a long time. Uh, and uh, I just, you know, kept finding myself playing guitar by myself in my bedroom, not with other people and just not getting to play out and, you know, uh, moved to Louisville and went to the the climbing gym and I brought a, a guitar, guitar amp, PA, drum set, bass amp. And I, I learned how to do the uh, the shaky graves, play with your feet and play like drums with your feet. And, oh, yeah. And I plan was just go there and do that. And uh, they have like a barbecue out back and brings beers and uh, had like a little party or whatever and i just said anyone that wants to come up here and play with me come on up and play and uh and john was like uh, -huh. uh oh yeah i play bass i was like all right man grab the bass so play. john was just in the crowd yeah yeah he didn't bring his bass but he's got his voice so he stood up there and went boom boom, boom. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> I, I, I brought an extra bass so um, all right uh, that's uh, busking right that's what that's called yeah. pretty much so yeah. did, were you asked to do that or were you like oh yeah we're we we go there climb a lot and um we convinced them to let us have like a little barbecue party out back oh, and yeah. uh just brought some beers and um what was the name of this place it's called climb nulu okay yeah. it's down in nulu yeah. yeah another hot spot for connor yeah. it's actually yeah. it's actually how we got our melwood tavern gig too okay we were just jamming down there and uh this guy just stopped and uh uh, he was just like, what is this? We were like, oh, just jamming, grab a beer, hang out. 
And he's like, all right. So he grabbed a beer and I went and talked to him. And he's like, yeah, own the Melwood. You should come play there sometime. <laughs> it's like, all right. Yeah, that'd be great. Do you, do you remember what he said specifically? Uh, well, we were, uh, we were playing Althea, Grateful Dead song. And he's like, he was just psyched to hear. Yeah. He Althea said, not every day trying. you're walking down the street and you just hear Althea going <laughs> down the, going down <laughs> the alleyways. Hit the perfect vibe at the per- perfect time. John, were you rock climbing when this all went down? Yeah, we're yeah. we're uh, we're all rock climbers. We go over to that climbing gym a lot, and yeah, they just have barbecues sometimes out back in the parking lot. And I was just there one day, and he had a bass sitting out. I was like, "Oh, I play bass." So I just went yeah. up there and started jamming with him. He was just teaching me the songs on the spot, and I just hopped in. And so, how long ago was this? I think like two years or something. So you're okay. It makes sense. So you're, well, you're you're a few years into the base at this point. Right. It's kind of a bold move to be like, yes, yeah, so I'll go up there and, you know, sit in and play. What was, uh, what kind of drew you to do that? Was, were you just digging what he was doing or were you just like, man, I play too. I just got, I got the itch. I want to get up there. He's doing it. I want. Well, I was just like, I've been a, I've been a pretty much a bedroom bassist for three years. It's about time I got in front of some people and, and played right. some music. So that was your first time playing in public? Uh, Yeah. No just about. Well, yeah, pretty much ever up to that point, uh, I just like jammed with people in their basements and I just played bass just for fun, never to like play out or anything. And then okay. all of a sudden, here's this opportunity to play at a barbecue in front of some people. That's well, awesome. Why not? There's a bass available. Dude, that's awesome because a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't do it, yeah. especially if they have never done it before. It takes a lot of guts to be like, yeah, dude, especially you don't know the material, you know, you may know some of the songs, but just to kind of go in blindly, you we know? just kind of wing everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Since then, we've just pretty much, yeah, we just wing everything. He teaches me the songs all the time and we just play them. <laughs> Wasn't that in D last time? No. <laughs> Let's change it up. All right. So that, that, I guess that leads to you, Adam. You got... These guys, you know, you got a, a drummer. Well, I'll, I'll fill in a little All more right, of the story. Uh, so, actually, that same night, uh, one of our friends, uh, another person, another friend at the climbing gym was like, I think my uh, my husband plays drums. So <laughs> I, think my, I'll, uh, I think he plays yeah, drums. How so, not tell? <laughs> yeah, so... What's um, that banging noise going on? <laughs> it might be drums. It's not drums. He really plays the pots and pans with the wooden spoons. But <laughs> he always wanted to play. <laughs> so I... Uh, uh, this, this other guy named Pat, who who also... I mean, he played... Played... Plays with us uh, for like last two years. And um, and he, he just came out the next week and we... Uh, it just worked well. Like, it just... Pat was great, great to play with and is great to play with. But uh, he recently moved to Red River Gorge, so I haven't been able to play with him too much. And He's taking climbing he too climb seriously, man. Time, huh? Too seriously. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Is he living in a tent? No, he's <laughs> the opposite of that. He bought a big piece of property out there, and he's building a big, like a house on it. Oh, he's cool. like, oh, nice. he's really yeah. good at building houses, so. Building a house, uh, oh, you know, he's probably divorced because he now played drums so much. That she's like, I guess he does play drums. Let's get him the hell out of here and <laughs> build, build a bigger no, house. I think, I think you his, get that side. I think his wife's pretty psyched to have a house down at Red River Gorge. She used to climb I'll all the bet. time. Oh, she's a climber too. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a culture. Like you know, mm-hmm. you get in it, you're you're stuck. You're in that world. It's niche, dude. Which, <laughs> so, I've watched uh, more climbing documentaries in the past, past few years. Oh, what was that one I just watched the other Free day? Free Solo or uh, the uh, about the with the young ice, guy that was just climber. freaking everybody out. What's the what is that? Uh, the Alpinist. Al- yes, the Alpinist. Oh, yeah. Holy oh. shit, dude! That and then went, that sucked when he died at the end. I mean, he yeah. kind of well, he kinda, knew he whoa. was gonna die. Huh? <laughs> Sorry, don't listen to this. I haven't heard of this movie before. You're spoiling it. Are you serious? No, I haven't. If you 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 can't watch it and not know because. Alex Honnold talks about it in Free Solo that that the guy. Sorry, man. Yeah. So if you've seen Free Solo, you know this guy doesn't make it anyway. Because I'm pretty sure he does. If not, then I get to put it on Alex Honnold right there (laughs) until you. (laughs) But uh, yeah, he knew it, man. He's like, there's no safe way down, basically. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that'll freak you out. Anytime I watch a climbing, climbing documentary or anything about climbing, my hands are sweating right now talking about it. We do we do a way more tame version of climbing. Even that. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, that's that's crazy shit. But just to think, why not use a rope? Yeah, we use <laughs> ropes. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm sorry, man. I had to... <laughs> and sorry about the spoiler alert. <laughs> sorry, Adam. I'll, I'll, I'll have to It'll watch it It'll still be tonight. a great movie, I'll, I'll... I promise. We were just kidding. He lives. He definitely lives. Just <laughs> cut the movie off about four minutes before... Uh... I make my own happy ending. I turn it <laughs> off. Yeah. So, uh, so Adam has been kind of filling in for the last, I don't know, six months or something. And uh, yeah, um, he he just said, and, like, I'm just like, play music. I'll play whatever. So, uh, was that, were you playing at Millwood? Yeah, he's been playing. Okay. Yeah. All right. I so, think Pat played our first Millwood gig and then Adam's played all of them since. So, then. that's interesting. And Adam, you use, you use a traditional grip. I do. Yeah, and you just started playing two years ago. So, like, what? I mean, what made you want to learn with a traditional grip? Well, out of necessity and <laughs> a little bit of stupidity, uh, because I never really got any formal training. Uh, what happened was I was playing with John, not even with the Huda Hollers, just kind of separately, just in our own time. And John was like, "We should get a drummer. We should get somebody who can drum." I'm like, "I could do that." I was playing guitar at the time. Okay. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know. I just I just thought it's a new instrument, no big deal. Bought basic kit, just kind of reading things online, trying things out, seeing what worked. Had my kit way messed up. It was <laughs> causing actual like pain in my knees. And so I was like, I've got to fix this. And I tried a different fix, and then that would cause bruising in my leg. I'm like, oh my God. How in the world were you playing? Wrong. Suspended I was playing them wrong. Apparently, I was wrong. You're not supposed to use your knees. That's why I say I'm, I was so excited to get into it, but I was kind of a little uh, not smart enough to do enough research. I just kind of went right into it. And then eventually, I figured out the way I was holding it, I could just flip it around. I was listening to some old jazz recordings uh-huh. and seeing how those guys are holding it. I'm like, they're probably not hitting their legs. This is perfect. So, did that. And then I found out what the actual problem was. Chair height, whole time, <laughs> fix that. And now I'm stuck with the traditional grip. Not stuck, but yeah. yeah. That's what I'm used to. So I don't even know if this is true, but I heard somewhere that that traditional grip came from the military way back when they wore the snare drum on the side. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way you could hit the drum was to hold the stick backwards. Mm-hmm. Really? Indeed, yeah. yeah. A, lot of, a lot of drum rudiments, basics of drums come from old um, military uh, movements. Just keep the troops in line, keep yeah. them going. Or get people moving on dance floor. Either way, <laughs> wonder wonder why it became a jazz thing though. I wonder why jazz because it looks cool. Still like it looks cool as shit, and jazz it is does. cool. It yeah. does look cool. That's yeah. it. Have you ever known anybody that does jazz? It's not cool. No. There you go. That's true. That's what it boils down to. It's like they could play it either way, but it looks better that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, it's probably honestly, seriously, it's probably a tone thing, man. It seems like they have so much more control over what they do with the symbols. They can play stuff quietly and play it. You know. Yeah, it, it's just different. It's well, you different. probably can't knock the hell out of the, of a drum with an underhand grip, or you lose your stick. I, I, I flip know. it. I <laughs> flip it. If Dave, if we're playing a song and I know that something intense is about to come up, we just kind of go to the match grip. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is another cool ass thing to do on yeah. the fly. Yeah, you see, <laughs> I see. Good. I see David. He's got this look on his face. I know he's about to rip into something. He's going to rip into something. I've got to rip into something. So there I got to go. switch modes. Yeah, there that's what it's about. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> yeah. So you played guitar before, though? I did. So and you played guitar for a long time? Yeah, I played guitar for about three years before I picked up the drums. And I still played guitar, too. I made a fake band in <laughs> school. Yeah, when I was 17, I made a fake band. Uh, and we had so much fun. Can you elaborate? <laughs> Can I say no? <laughs> to save myself here it was all it was all we had this weeks long bit prepared for a uh, Halloween costume we were all gonna go as a fake band and uh, we gave ourselves a fake name and we had personas and everything gotta know what it is man What's oh, fake name? we were called a white elephant <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we uh, no 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 it wasn't white elephant it was white rhino I was gonna that say was what it, it was isn't that a boner pill <laughs> Which one? <laughs> White Rhino. I gotta. Do I have to worry about some? Uh, copyright? No, no copyright. No, no, no copyright no. coming after me. No, because it was fake. Well, you know, you know, when you were seventeen, you know, we can't we can't have you going around playing our boner pills. <laughs> so I just <laughs> we dressed up and we just had a great time hanging out with people. And I got home. And I'm like, people do things with this. I was holding the guitar. People do things with this. I could do something with this. 
started looking things up. Where'd you get the guitar? From my brother. Uh, he, yeah, he's the he's the main. I steal everything from him. <laughs> Pretty much everything. <laughs> was I he stole a guitar, guitar player? He was for a few years. And he let you, let you use his guitar for that? When he went off to college, he didn't bring it with him. Oh, so he didn't know. Numero. That's how I got my grubby fingers on it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I played it for long enough. Here's uh, the tactic is he just goes, fine, it's yours. Ah, he goes, go. I there got water. Go. What right. a great brother. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He goes, yeah. all right, you're using it more than me. Go ahead. I'm like, yes. Now, right. now I can be a guitar player. I've got to ask, and you already know what the question is. What kind of guitar was it? Honestly, don't I have you no don't know idea. It was scraped off. Oh, really? It was, <laughs> there was no symbols, no nothing. All it right. was just a halt, just, we picked it up, I guess, from a shack. <laughs> <laughs> that you could, we slapped some new strings on there. That We never replaced the tuning pegs. So after every three minutes, uh, the strings would just be flopping out. Uh, but but it made noise. That was the important part. It made noise. And I'm sorry I had to disappoint you with it. And here's the no, thing. No, that's a good story. It's a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. If you ask me what my drum kit is, I'm going to have to say again, I do not know. Oh, Everything's stripped off. I don't know what happens. <laughs> Somebody's like coming by. Yeah. I Where did he steal these Christmas instruments from? I thought it was a That's the good question. Where'd you steal these from, man? It you was a legit. filed down the serial number. <laughs> like, uh, goodness gracious. They're never going to find me. I he bought it from a legitimate van. It was in a legitimate alleyway. He said, I've got a discount. Buy quick. He said, buy these Omaha's. <laughs> <laughs> and it came with a pistol with no numbers on it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, as you can see, we just kind of do it, or at least I definitely do it as as it comes up. I take what it comes. Yeah, man, you just, just kind of roll with the flow, huh? Yeah, I think that's how everybody else does it here too. So. Well, it sounds like it because you all uh, sound like laid back. Let's uh, get together and see where it takes us. Yeah, that's the motto or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the creed. That's the creed. The creed. Uh, the, yeah, the motto. So I, I take it you write. Uh, the the lyrics and everything for these tunes. Yeah, these guys have been writing some songs though recently. Oh, sweet. Uh, Dip our toes so, in. Yeah. But when it comes to the structure of writing, that's when, it, does it kind of change when you get there? Is that when you really kind of get focused on point A, point B, you know, all the importance of structure? I or think, do you still free flow it when it kind of comes I to I think that? we've got like, for most songs, just structure where it's like, intro, sing a couple verses, jam for however long we're feeling like it, and then sing two more verses, and then and then done. Yeah. Outro. Yeah. Outro. So is it more of a, uh, when you all play live, does it differ every time? Is yeah. it always different? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's always, yeah. All right. I can dig that. Yeah. Plus Let's listen has, to a Hoodell Holler song. Let's do it, man. Tell us about uh, Lost My Way. Tell us about this recording, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Too. So I've been... Uh, Doing some, I guess this one is is just me playing acoustic. I've been doing uh, acoustic recordings, just one microphone. Uh, so I guess this isn't the band, but um, let's see. I think I've had this song kicking around in my head for a long time, like since I was like 15 or something. And uh, I just like recently wrote the words to it. And I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So you recorded this in your house? Yep. All right. Let's check it out. Lost My Way.
What you uh, what did you use for that? Uh, that one was uh, one of those new Warm Audio oh. U- U67 copies. Okay. Or the WA67. Yeah. yeah, those are nice, man. Everything yeah. Warm Audio creates is pretty. F- yeah, I, I think it's great. Yeah, it sounds awesome. You say that song's been around since you were 15? Uh, yeah. Yeah? Were you listening to a lot of like singer-songwriter stuff then or what were you listening to at 15 Jimi hendrix (laughs) (laughs) we we also do like i mean play that song with these guys we just don't have a good recording of it yet yeah but uh but uh we we make it a little more rock and roll than that was Mm -hmm. but well you know the one thing that i noticed uh but not just with the song but with all the songs there's kind of like this like a melancholy yearning i don't know what uh, what to call it but there's this feel of almost like a looking for something lost, but I, it's it's just this feel that that has this yearning that you're searching and and discovering and and I think there's a, it seems like it's a through line in in the stuff. Does does that make any sense? Yeah, I, I think that probably describes me. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> it makes me feel better, you know, because you all. I'm always today. Like here, for example, a lot of times when when we have a guest in, I'll have we'll have plenty of time to listen, um, or I'll have the same access that he does to the files. But I actually didn't get these recordings until today. But I walk around for a living, so I have all kinds of time to listen, and usually I can really break stuff down. And today I just got to get a feel of stuff. I didn't get to really dive into a lot of the lyrics or, um, but everything that I did capture felt like that. It felt like it was just a looking for your space, looking for your spot and right at the cusp of everything. It's that's, that's what I gathered in a very, very quick. So I'm glad that it worked out. Oh, that, I'm glad that that's what it was. Does that kind of take you back to where you were at 15 when you were writing those lyrics and where the lyrics? No, you didn't write the that? lyrics at 15, right? Uh, yeah, I wrote the lyrics recently, but I remember. Yeah. Oh, okay. I remember uh, when I was 15. I I went into I was in I went into a Sam Ash and I picked out this real nice Paul Reed Smith off the Ooh. wall and I played. My mom took me there and I I played that. I just remember for some reason that memory sticks out in my head. Because anytime uh, yeah. you can play a Paul Reed Smith, it's <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I'd just been messing around with that those chords, and I played that, and I was like, "Oh, that yeah, maybe that's a song." Or I don't know. At the at the store when you went to the store, that's what you played. And came yeah, I up just with I, for, no, I I mean I think I'd just been like I think that's how a lot of songs uh, come up with. I'm just sitting in my room playing my guitar and like a couple chords just kind of become striking, and I just really want to it was the hammer on in that song man it, yeah. was, the, it was that little Spanish yeah I don't, I don't know that, what that, that is but for some it, reason it, I that's what want. captured you I think. and you're like alright shit I gotta keep going with this thing that was cool as shit yeah well I mean the, the things like that just stick out It's it, it, it would be something that if I was writing it that would stick out enough for me to go alright I'm gonna keep moving on this I'm gonna keep seeing where this progresses because there's something there because I like it you know yeah uh, and I mean that that chord progression kind of stuck with me mm-hmm. like you know, the next fifteen years or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It, it feels really good to like take those uh, songs that have been there and be able to like get these guys to play them with me and get to play them at Melwood Tavern. It's just oh, yeah. it feels awesome and get to have you guys have me on the podcast and have yeah. us on and well, it's awesome. So it's just wild to think that where it started, where those those. Uh, chords came together and then having the ability to take that because a lot of times with a musician if they start something and it doesn't get completed eh, all right we'll move on to the next one but to be able to hear something in that and then to be able to write to it now because i'm sure if you wrote lyrics then 
Those would be the lyrics. And what would you have written 15 years ago that would have meant much of anything compared to where you are now in the lyrics that you have now that probably match that song and the feeling of those chords and the, the tone of that more than you could have 15 years ago. So, yeah. you know, just to, to stick with it and bring it back. And yeah, man, I think it's, I think it's really, really cool. Really cool that it's, it's a through line. And now, like you said, you get to play it with these guys. And, and anytime that you add other musicians to the fold. Oh, it's always better. It's, yeah. it's better. And then a lot of times it, they do something you wouldn't yeah, have exactly. heard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these, these guys add a lot to it and mm-hmm. like make it something like even better than it is on its own. So. Yeah. So has the, has the song changed from much from what we just listened to, John and Adam? I mean, like, you know, when you guys are playing that song, what a... Oh, yeah, totally. It's like a rock and roll song when all three of us get on it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's like a five-minute jam session yeah. <laughs> in the middle of it. We kind of Grateful Dead it out a little bit. Okay. John, John yeah. stands up and he's just boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. There's <laughs> a lot of building. There's a lot of building, tension, and release. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Outside of just David's playing. Yeah. We, we try to amplify it. We well, try to make them long even more. When there's three pieces, you guys have a ton of responsibility. The, the rhythm section to not only uphold what you do once you kind of go into your solo to make that bigger, but to really kind of build a song with a three piece is tough. Yeah. It's tough to maintain. It's tough to do on stage. So you guys are even more responsible for having, you've got to be tight. You've got to be together. Otherwise it will go to shit real quick. If you're, if you're a three piece that just doesn't have that rhythm section to build upon everything else that's going on. So, um, and nobody knows it more than you guys being a three-piece. Yeah, it's definitely hard to... But these guys do a great job at keeping together when yeah. I'm doing the solo and singing and it stuff. It also puts a ton of pressure on you as a guitar player singer, man. You're kind of uh, set up. I'm sure you're, you are the front man, so you've got the ton of responsibility. I mean, if you miss a note, people are going to hear it. If you miss a chord... I, and people, I, I do a lot, and they do. And it only makes you better, going. man. It only makes you better. It really yeah. does. It only makes you better and solidifies what you are doing um, to keep building and, and on on these songs and what's coming on in the future. Which reminds me, tell us a little bit about what you guys are starting to write. Hmm. <laughs> so we don't have, or I don't really have anything that's had a finished song yet. I started trying to sing... Like I yeah, I started learning how to sing maybe about a year ago because I I just I could play bass and that's a fun way of, you know, getting in music and expressing myself. But singing, that's a whole other dimension to it. If I if I could do that, then after I learned to sing, then I could start writing my own songs. And then being able to play that in front of people, that would be just amazing experience. So yeah, um, like about a year ago I started trying to learn how to sing and I would say I'm at a place where I can move on to the start uh, writing my own song. So I've been doing that for the last couple months. Haven't gotten anything to the point where I can really say it's finished and ready to record, but I'm definitely in the process. Going to keep developing. And uh, in the future, I'd say when you hear Hoodell Holler songs, I'll probably have written some of them, hopefully. Right on. Is he intent intent to sing your songs or will David sing? Yeah, I'll sing sing those. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a good voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, his song, he's he's being like his, the one that we jammed on the other night, it's pretty much completely ready. I mean, we could just jam out. It needs like a couple more words, but it's like, yeah. it's really fun to jam on too. And it's like different and sweet. That's, There's a deal. Yeah. That's kind of nice, I'm sure, from your standpoint to do something that's brought in that's, that's different. It's because I think that, you know, you can, as a songwriter, can get stuck in a path. Here's what, here's how I write, here's what I do. So to have a band member that you trust and that that brings stuff to the table, it'll give it'll probably evolve what you do anyway. It'll evolve your guys' sound. It'll get you uh, tighter and closer as a group as well. Well, yeah, that's the whole point of having a band. You don't just want to have some guys who will, you know, keep the rhythm for you. You want to uh-huh. have a mixture of everybody's ideas and bring something out that you didn't know was there before. Yeah, no that's doubt. For sure. That kind of reminds me, man. I'm watching. Uh, I just started which I've been told to watch it like crazy, but I kind of resisted. I don't know why. But I'm watching um, the Beatles documentary on oh, McCartney. So good, three, two, yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. I watched Disney it. Disney like, Plus. I'm not, I'm not uh, watching oh. McCartney. I'm watching the... Uh, Get Back. 
get back. Mm-hmm. Man, I watched yeah. that at least twice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I'm at the, I haven't made it to the point where uh, George leaves because of what you were just talking about, you know. Spoilers again, man. <laughs> Look, man. Been, now, actually, now I'm just yanking your chain. Okay. Now, <laughs> this, is, this is history, man. This is beautiful history. Is, <laughs> what are they teaching the kids in school? <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, because could you imagine having songs and you're not a singer, you cannot contribute to this group. That's not your job. Your job is to play the bass, like you just said. It, it it would take a piece of your soul away to be yeah. told you can't write songs here. You, this is, if you want to do that, do your own thing. You're not a full member of the band. Yeah. Yeah. If I couldn't add, then it would be no different than sitting at home in my room playing with Ooh. recordings. Yeah. You know, the whole point of getting out and playing with a band is like actual interacting with other people. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's a great, you know, I've never heard it said like that, but that's a great way to say it. If, if you can't contribute, you might as well be sitting there playing with records. Yeah. What draws you to the non-traditional recording? Like, why why do you choose to record with one mic and do those things? Is it equipment or just... Um, uh, he's got a warm audio mic, dude. It's not equipment. That <laughs> 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 thing wasn't cheap. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, just the feel of, like, you know, the let it be, uh, those recordings. I mean, I mean, I guess that's traditional, but, like, just that tube warmth, that just mm-hmm. old school rock and roll sound. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, if it was, if I could have like, you know, the console that they had at the Beatles or, or at the, for Let It Be, that that would be ideal. Now, like, did they yeah. have a four track or eight track for that? Uh, was it a four track? I think it was an eight track. Did they end up point. getting an eight track? Okay. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, think about that. I, I, yeah. I think, yeah. Something about just old school tube everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, transformers and tubes and no yeah just it does something well and it's we mentioned it before but overproduction man there's something that yeah. that can be taken away by overproducing something instead of saying hey here's what we sound like here's yeah it's yeah kind of what we do with one mic yeah we're i mean we're we're a little rough around the edges whatever but uh i don't know i i read some recently keith richard said that like he you know, the only way he can record is for everyone to be in the same room looking at each other, you know, playing. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can do it. And, yeah. you know, we tried doing stuff where we separate and whatever and it and overdub and everything. And I just feel like, and, and yeah, I, I've, you know, I've even tried like, you know, playing like, like getting a recording interface and playing a bass part and then trying to like make a drum track and then play a guitar part on top. And you get something at the end that just sounds kind of like not like... Has no feel. Yeah, it has no feel. It doesn't sound like you were in a room with your friends and you were mm-hmm. playing music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they Those recordings, and I've, I've, I've done that before. I've recorded the same thing that you were just talking about with the band, but separately to where, you know, one person comes in, does their part, the other person... You, you lose so much energy in that yeah. recording that you just capture when you can look at your your uh, bandmates and friends and, and have that interaction because there's something to be said about the interaction that happens within a group of musicians. You can tend to lose that real quick by, by layering stuff or by, you know, you, there are ways to keep it, but it's tough. Well, there's so there's just so many subtle cues and things you mm-hmm. get when you're, you know, you're playing as a group that yeah. you know it's going to impact the dynamics, it's going to impact the timing, and you know it's just just everything that oh, yeah. you're not going to get those cues when you're in there by yourself, you know, listening to it in the headphones. Yeah, yeah. The first, first time I was playing with John, where I was on the drums and he was on the bass, uh, when I felt that kick lock in with the groove that mm-hmm. he was playing. That felt magical. Oh yeah, dude. I was. We were looking at each other, and we knew. Yeah, you don't get that when you record separate. For sure, no. it, it still feels good, but it is not nearly as good as yeah. your live. Well, I mean, yep. you can. You're still creating something, but like you said, man, it's just not. Mm-hmm. There's you're you're missing a vibe. You're missing You're missing just that the magic that that happens on a stage live when you do it like that and record. There's just something about maybe that tenth kick and 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 bass note were a millisecond off. Yeah, and, and it's it's and nice it, to hear, and it's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's it's so 
off that much. It's perfect. Yeah, it makes yeah. it. Yeah, you know, you mentioned that a lot. There's, you mentioned timing and little things like that when it comes to recording that you really like, yeah. which is awesome because it, it is true. It, it's part of what puts you in that room, not syncopating everything and going in after the fact and making sure that that's, you know, moved up here and the pitch is right. And, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have to be perfect. Well, that's, have to be that, perfect. And that's, that's how I first started. When I first started, you know, recording, I would, I would slide the kicks right, even, you know, with the bass and make sure everything was perfect and, uh, you know, I don't know. You can lose. Mm-hmm. You can lose by trying to make it perfect. Sounds mechanical at some points. Yeah. You know, nobody wants to listen to a metronome. No, no, <laughs> that's true. No, there might be, there might be like two people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if there is anyone that loves a metronome. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a song on the radio right now where it goes metronome, and then it goes, <laughs> yeah, and it brings in the metronome. It's for that guy, and it works it's for perfectly. that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just for him. Like, this is my favorite song, man. Listen to this metronome. It's perfect tone. Changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's listen to another tune. Tell us about Stranger. Oh yeah, uh, let's see. I think this is one we recorded when we played at the Barrel Room. And where's the Barrel Room? Remind me. It's in Shelbyville, Kentucky. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so this is not the Red River Gorge party barbecue. No, this. We, <laughs> I think our recording setup has gotten better since then, which is not using our iPhone. <laughs> so, so you guys do uh, you record your shows live with uh, the one the one that I saw where you gave a little description in the YouTube video. Use two microphones, one for vocals and just like a room mic. Or t- yeah, talk about we, that a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, we tried to do just single mic, and I was trying to do it with my uh, my my tube preamp, the Ampex tube preamp, and uh, the instruments were too loud, and the vocals were. I I was like screaming into the mic, and it just the levels weren't right. So we wanted to like you know do two mics so we could use like a little less sensitive vocal mic and get the instruments with the other one. And then we can, you know, compress the vocals a little bit and get the level set. I mean, it just, that that seemed, you know, uh, easiest to fix on the fly. And yeah, so we, we just, we've been putting that warm audio uh, 67 to get the drums, bass, and uh, guitar. And then I've got a different mic for vocals and just... Where do you place that mic for the instruments? We're we're experimenting, (laughs) but I mean, it's just, it's just kind of sits like, I don't know, 10, 10 feet away from all the instruments. Okay. All right. And the vocal mic, is that, do you have your stage vocal mic and another vocal mic or is everything run through the Uh, one book? Yeah, it's just the the one. And you run it through that Ampex? Well, we were, I was doing, I think the barrel room one might be the Ampex, but I think we, we're just using a Mackie mixer now. Okay. Okay. Um, so this, this song we're getting ready to listen to was recorded with that two mic setup. Though. I think Wait it a was. second. So you're recording straight off the board with this? That's crazy. Cause it's really, it sounds great for, for uh, just having two mics, but that's just a board recording. Well, that's what I'm yeah. thinking. We might try well, it Thursday. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we... Uh, we just stole your idea. Yeah, we'll try it out. Heck yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah, well, let's check it out. Stranger. Right. So this was recorded with that two mic setup.
first line, yeah. man. Thank you. I love it. That's Stranger a great to my own line. life. Is that what yeah, it was? That's yeah, a, that's a cool line. Yeah, it is. And that's one that'll get you, it perks up your ears and goes, what? All right, yeah. I guess I need to dig in, listen a little bit harder because that's, that's just a, it makes you go, where are we going with this, man? That's, that's really, cool. <laughs> there's something to be said about clever lyrics that, that capture you from the beginning. I mean, the first line is always so important to me because it could, for me, it can make or break a song. It really could. If, if, if the line is dumb, I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I don't mean, but that's, it's such a clever, I am a stranger to my own life. I mean, that's a cool line. And yeah. I think everybody can relate to that. At some point in time, we've all been there. It's like, what is going on in my life right now that I don't even get it? Most of the time. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> no. Not enough. All right. Now it's our For so listening interview. to that recording, I'm curious, we're, uh, what would you do with the uh, instrument mic? Uh, I, I don't like the vocals on that. I, I don't think we were using a stage monitor. I kind of found that if I, like if, if you have a stage monitor that's putting a little bit more of the stage, like what it, the vocals sound like, it gets picked up in the mic a little more and it sounds a little less sterile than that. Probably, yeah. It probably adds like a reverb effect. Yeah, a little bit. It yeah. sounds just a little... A little I more room. Delay, reverb, yeah. yeah, all that. If you could just sit there and listen to it and it sounds good and then you put a microphone there, then it like... You try to isolate stuff too much and have like just the vocals are completely separate. I don't know. It's harder to... So John, how do you set... What's your EQ set like on your, on your bass amp? I cut the treble. I put the treble at a little less than noon and the bass a little more than noon. But mostly the idea with, well, you know, we're a three-piece. We only have one guitar. We have a bass. Is I kind of want to be more in the uh, guitar kind of frequency range. So, like, it's not so much sub-bass where it's just uh, making, you know, giving that bass feel. Yeah. It's more like a, it can be a conversation between the guitar and the bass. Mm. That makes sense, too. But... but the reason I asked is I was surprised that that, that uh, warm audio mic was picking up the bass yeah, as well. So, was. so yeah. you know, we were, so good. We were too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably because you had a lot of mids. And, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. It sounded it, good. It does. It, that, that is spectacular considering that is just the one, like you said, man, to have yeah. the, the separation between the instrumentation. It's pretty yeah. good stuff. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's a damn good recording for just a couple mics, man. For it's, sure. It's, it, it's fun. I mean, it's interesting that you guys are into that too because it's fun. I, I mean, we love doing the one mic stuff because it's the challenge, you know, yeah. and you'll see when we yeah. get ready to do this tonight, you know, we'll be moving. We kind of know this room <laughs> real well now, so it won't be a lot of moving, but when we first started doing it. Uh, we were moving the mic all the time, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. And it started with, you know, the, the ISK, which was. You know, it was on. We could do whatever we wanted to, but once we got that stereo uh, AEA, it changed the game. So we relearned the room again with a different mic. We're gonna have to look that mic. Up. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's now awesome. we're stealing that from you. <laughs> go go yeah. ahead. You know what? That would, we're not taking that to Colonial, right? No. Nah, I was gonna say we can't. We can't. We can't do that. Yeah. Hey, maybe that is K. How about I got? Some, we can take some of mine. Yeah. Yeah, we can, we can try the ISK. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to experiment and, yeah. you know, put the, I mean, we'll record stuff and put it up on, uh, we'll have like a practice and record it and put it up on Google Drive and then listen to it like night of and, oh, this sounds mm -hmm. a little off and, oh, could we do, move stuff around and, I don't know, I mean, that's, that's how guys used to do it back in the day. I mean, they had one or two microphones. Oh, yeah. And, like, oh. They made awesome sounding recordings with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we learned with the tube mic, we had to use the low cut because, um, you know, sometimes something like uh, the kick or even even a real loud plosive in the vocals would distort everything. And it just and just make like a blank half a second, you know. just And so we'd have to use the low cut, which then in turn, you know, you'd lose a lot of your kick and... And, and deep bass and things uh, with and with the stereo ribbon, the lows are sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of yeah. cuts it itself to like the perfect yeah frequencies, man. Yeah, so it's been a it's it's been a real upgrade. But then yeah. we still we still haven't decided though. We still tend to pull out the tube mic for solo acoustic stuff. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. As great as that mic is, 
the best buy in the studio is the ISK. There's, there's, for me, there's no doubt about it. Between best, the, best value buy. Best value buying for for sound for what we do with that mic now. Yeah. That you know, especially if it's an acoustic, somebody in here by themselves. I think that sounds better than the AEA for that. And I think everybody must feel that way because it is one microphone that you can't find on your uh, used sale places, eBay, Facebook Marketplace. People, uh, people don't get rid of them. I, if I could read uh, Chinese, I would have one right now. But that's the only place you can find them. You guys are serious, man. It's crazy. I've looked and I've searched for that thing forever. But then I finally was like, I just got a new mic. I can borrow it anytime I want. <laughs> or I can just come down to the studio and you can record me. You know, a guy who sells mics with all the labels scraped off. <laughs> if you're lucky, it's what you're looking for. <laughs> I love knowing what kind of car you drive. I don't know. I don't know. I know. So would I. <laughs> oh, man. So for our, uh, our listeners that want to... Uh, Get more familiar with you guys. Where can they find you? You guys have socials and web page. What's out there right now? Yeah, we got a, a Facebook uh, Hoodell Hollers page. We try to put stuff up on there. And then we've been, you know, making these recordings and we put our last one from Melwood on YouTube. So if you search, uh, I think it was, yeah, sometime in January, uh, search Hoodell Hollers on YouTube. You can find it on there. All right. So the the couple things, like just at looking at the file names on these songs, everything's recent, right? Everything uh, that you guys have recorded at least is recent. So I'm I'm thinking that much. you're gearing up to really get some recording in. And, and Yeah, and, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we kind of been finding, and, you know, Melwood's been great to have us, but a lot of places I feel like, you know, you, you got to have nice sound and recordings on Spotify to be, mm-hmm. like, considered to play. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of what we're trying to do is we're trying to just take all the songs that we have and try to get, you know, B, Bs. We want, Bs are good. Yeah, like, Bs uh, are good, man. <laughs> Bs are good. Especially, I mean, dude, if you do it on your own and that's something that you guys love to do, why do it any other way? Because yeah. the stuff that you have recorded, which I think the next one, what's the last one we're listening to? This one, I actually did it La La Land in town. Okay. And then okay. I, I overdubbed the vocals on my own and then I okay. overdubbed the guitar solo at the end on my own. But uh, okay. the, um, Rhythm guitar and the uh, bass and drums were done at La La Land. They did a great job. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I could just kind of tell from from that was the big question is you seem to you guys seem to be gearing up to kind of get some stuff out there, um, and that's important for people to know. I mean, keep looking for it. And I think something else is be important is for you to spell Hoodell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's H O U D E L L. Okay. Hollers. All right. Where's the name come from? So, uh, my step-grandpa, who actually just passed away, like, two weeks ago. Oh, sorry um, to hear that, man. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Um, but, uh, he's from eastern Kentucky, and, uh, he would always call those little, like, caves in the side of a hill. Uh, he'd say that's, he called that a Hoodell Holler. Says that's where that wild animals live. So, <laughs> Did he say Hoodell Holler? Hoodell Holler. That's yeah, a Hoodell like that. Holler. Hey, right there. All right, so, so I just thought that sounded cool. There's Holler and AR, then? Uh, I think we've got it as an ER. Well, is that wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I just guessed just, that's how it's supposed to be spelled. AR, be a holler. <laughs> holler. Who, who don't change holler. it now, man. Yeah, it's, it's ER. good. No, it's good. Or you could just go with just an A. Hey. Holler. 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 All right. What do you guys got planned as far as uh, you guys want to start playing out more? and? Yeah, we want to play wherever... People let us play. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We start, started in a freaking parking lot. So <laughs> those were the standards. Anything above that, <laughs> we're ready for it. We're ready. You know what would be amazing? The Hoodell Holler parking lot tour. Just say that. We're only playing <laughs> yeah, parking, parking lots. Lots. Yeah. We're going That'd to be pretty cool. Yeah. K-Marts. Coming to a Walmart near you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll Goes back to that van, man. David, yeah. you need a van. There you yeah. go. The record, dude. We could go far with this this idea, guys. The parking lot tour with the van. The van is the is your backdrop for your stage. All your yeah, stuff is just PA. open doors. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude! I, I'm stealing this idea if you all don't take off yeah. with it. Let's do it. Global party. <laughs> I'm down, dude. Except we just had a van we could have bought, but your daughter sold it. As a minivan, though, we need a full size. You're right. Yeah, we need a tour bus. Big tall one you can stand up in. Yeah, that's true. 
All right, so this song is called All Falls Down, right? Yep. All right, we're going to go out with All Falls Down. We appreciate you guys talking with us yeah, last thanks hour. For thanks. thanks for Good having be us. Here. Yeah, we're going to awesome. have some fun doing some one shots. Yes, sir. All right. Of a 
game I hope the sun will rise again Even if it's not the same When it all 